Rational Creatures, Episode 9. We're back today with episode nine, which puts us officially at the halfway mark for this series, as there are 18 total episodes. Episode nine is a good bit longer than the last couple. It's, I think, 11 minutes and something, 11 minutes and change. Uh, So there's a lot more content to go through. It's 11 minutes and 34 seconds. There it is. This episode is also much more interesting than the last ones have been, or the last one specifically. Episode 8, I feel like I came out of that as kind of, I felt like I was being kind of a downer. I was very hard on that episode, and I will stand by what I said. I didn't like that episode. I don't really think it did anything for us. I feel like it was filler, and it was very short filler. I'm unclear on why that episode even really exists. Honestly... Again, the scene between Lewis and Ben is better than the other scene, but even that scene, I don't know, isn't enough, I felt like, to carry an episode and should have been added on somewhere else or something. I don't know. I just, that whole episode, I feel like, yes, the part with Lewis and Ben was good, like a little bit of more development with them, but I don't feel like we needed it to understand what was going on. I feel like it was sort of a rehash of information we already understood about their relationship. So I was not happy with episode eight. Episode nine, though, is what we have been waiting for. It's I've got a lot more to talk about, and it's a whole 11 minutes of an episode, and there's a lot to get into, I think. So hang in there. I don't know how long I'm going to talk about this 11-minute episode, but it'll probably be way more than 11 minutes. So we'll see. So getting into it, what this episode is, is finally going on that trip to the cabin in the woods as a group. So Marisol and Charlie are going, and so is Fred and Lewis as a couple, and so is Ben, and so is Anna. I think that's everybody that goes. Um, I don't know why. Oh, they said something about the other siblings couldn't go or would have to check their work schedule or whatever. So Fred's sibling isn't there, Sophie, and then... Lewis and Charlie's other sibling, Henrietta, is also, I don't think, there. But I'd have to, I'll have to watch it again to make sure. If she is there, she doesn't play a big part. <laughs> um, so I don't think she's there. So they all go off to this cabin in the woods. They're out in nature, you know, going to have nature days. Which is a very Fred thing and not a very Lewis thing. And we get into some more drama between Lewis and Fred, I think, and more indications that they are not a good couple together, that they don't get each other, and that Fred really doesn't get Lewis at all, that this is not a good simpatico sort of relationship. Um, and there's some really cool, I think, analogous stuff from the novel. I want to get into it. So here we go. It starts off with stuff being thrown in the trunk, and then they're driving off into the woods, and they get to the cabin, and everybody's just like, yay, hey, we're here, very exciting. Some nice B-roll of, you know, evergreen trees and whatnot. 
I'm not sure where they're filming, but I feel like it's supposed to look organy to me. I don't know. Evergreens. Um, and they get, but we don't really see the cast outside at all. They're all just inside this theoretical cabin that is very white and looks very similar to some of the scenes in their homes back in the city. So there are no like scenes out the window or anything to show that they are actually outside. There are just outside shots and then inside shots that are not at all connected. Um, anyway, I don't know. That's just a little thing I noticed about it. So they're coming inside. They're in this new cabin and Lewis is freaking out because he's trying to put send in like an essay or an assignment or whatnot and he has no service and is not able to do it. Again, I question why don't doesn't the cabin have Wi-Fi or something? You would think it would, but whatever. I guess it doesn't, so fine. He doesn't have service. They don't have Wi-Fi. This seems unsafe that they have no way to connect to the outside world from their cabin in the woods, um, but that's besides the point. That's just where my mind goes. Like, you need some way to access the outside world. I don't know. Maybe there's a landline or something, but... Um, old-fashioned technology, but apparently there's no Wi-Fi and there's no signals for cell phones, and so they are disconnected from the world, and Lewis is not able to um, send in his assignment, and he's freaking out about it. He apparently, that has been one of those kind of side plots you've been seeing a little bit, that he, you know, missed class to hang out with Fred that one time in a few episodes back, um, and has been distracted, hasn't been paying as much attention to school. Now this is happening where he didn't send in his assignment and he's, you know, freaking out that he should have sent it in before they left, which, you know, probably would have made sense, but he didn't. So here we are. He's freaking out. He's not excited about it. And Fred is right there. Not particularly um, sympathetic, I guess. He's just kind of like, get over it. It's fine. Whatever. You'll figure it out not at all sympathetic to Lewis's needs and emotions and it is very clear that he's just kind of like you're annoying me and I don't know I don't really like Fred in this I mean you're supposed to he's like the hero right but in his relationship with Lewis I really he comes off as a jerk he is very unsympathetic to any of Lewis's emotions in the sense um, also in this first scene, you see Ben and Anna, Anna coming in and just kind of like, yay, we're in a cabin. They're very much both not excited to be here, but they're both also here in a cabin with their crushes and have, you know, now they're going to have to spend the weekend with their crush. Yay. Very much not excited about the situation. But Charlie and Marisol are both very happy with how cool the cabin is. And Marisol is very proud of herself for picking it. She thinks it's great. So they're having a good time. But they seem to be the only ones who are. Because poor Anna and uh, Ben are sort of the clinging clingers on because there's the two couples and then there's them. So then it's switching to later in the evening. Charlie and Marisol are playing charades. And theoretically, Fred and Lewis are playing too, but Lewis is still freaking out on his phone about trying to get signal. And then Anna and Ben are sitting in the corner kind of writing a song together or something. Apparently, they both write music. Um, so that's just going on. Charlie and Marisol are the only ones really playing charades. Charlie or Marisol gets Charlie's answer correctly. 
And so then Marcel is going to go up and do this. Then Fred has this little interaction where he's like, just calm down. Stop worrying about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You might as well relax and enjoy. And no matter how much I sort of agree with the sentiment, it um, is not helpful in this case to poor Lewis and obviously is not a useful sentiment for Lewis, I guess. I think Lewis needs a lot more empathy. Empathy. And I've already been using that word a lot here, but um, Lewis, it's very clear, needs someone to not freak out with necessarily, but to, like, understand why he's freaking out and say, like, understand that, yes, this is a big deal and, you know, not push it under the rug the way Fred very much seems to be here of just, like, you're ruining my weekend, get over yourself. And he does it nicely. He doesn't say it that way, but that's that's how I'm feeling it. And I don't feel like it was a good response for poor Lewis. So they're cuddling up on the couch, but Lewis is obviously still very uncomfortable. And then he talks about having a scratch. And again, he's very upset about it. And Fred is just like, eh, it's fine. Gives him a little kiss, which is cute. But, you know, doesn't want to clean it or help him or anything. Doesn't really help with the anxiety piece of that. And then Charlie and Marisol are, realize that nobody else is playing this game with them. So they're going to go out and go stargazing. And they're very cute and like, la-di-da, don't come with us, don't wait up. And so they're off. Very cute. I do love their relationships. Very sweet. So now we've got Ben uh, Ben and Anna writing a song and... Fred and Lewis just sort of cuddling on the couch. So we're more looking at Ben and Anna talking about music and lines from lyrics. And we find out that they're both bi, which is kind of, well, I think we knew somebody was, I don't know if we knew Ben was bi. I think Anna might've said she was bi before, but they're both bi. Anna makes a joke about how she doesn't date anybody and they're still talking about music. And then there's sort of a time lapse. So they've been talking for a while and they're comparing artists or bands. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who any of these people are. Um, they're talking about like a, what I assume is a song. And he makes Ben makes a comment about, see, you do listen to as much depressing stuff as me. And Anna says that she used to. But she does not need more because she doesn't think it helps. So here is what I've got from where this line is coming from and what they're talking about from the novel. Um, in that, we've got Benick, who is Ben, um, who is very upset and depressed because his fiance has died and is reading a bunch of depressing poetry. And Anne basically tells him that, you know, reading depressing stuff, it doesn't help you feel better. And that's kind of what this conversation is about, too, that you need to, that it's sort of Anne's advice to read some uplifting stuff as well, so that you don't just kind of dwell in your depression. Um, and I think this is an interesting thing here because Ben actually comes back here against Anna and saying, well, it's not about feeling better. It's about feeling seen. And I think that's really interesting because I feel like the advice in 
Jane Austen's novel from Anne is very like practical of like, well, just stop reading sad stuff. It's making you even more depressed versus this is saying, well, yes, I'm listening to depressing music and it helps, you know, it's making you think about more depressing things, but it's making me feel seen in my depression, making or my sadness, making me feel not so alone. And I do empathize with that concept of when you're feeling a certain way wanting music to sort of support you in that feeling not necessarily to take you out of it right there's a time when you want to watch sad things or listen to sad music there's a time you want to listen to angry music and there's stuff when you want to listen to happy music it's just it can be a boost to emotions you're already feeling not just a way to change your emotions and with this idea that just because it's sad doesn't mean that it's a bad thing now, that, not to say that you want people to fall into a deep depression or anything like that, but um, I do think that it's an interesting take here, an interesting way to modernize it. So instead of talking about depressing poetry, they're talking about depressing music, and they don't show you the whole conversation that, like they did in the novel. This is very much coming at the end where it's sort of a call where it seems like they've been talking about this for a while, so we don't actually hear... And telling Ben not to listen to depressing music, we just hear Ben teasing her that, see, you do listen to just as much depressing stuff as I do. Um, but anyway, I think it's a really nice way to bring that in. And you see it in the novel that the two of them are becoming friends on this trip. Um, in the novel, this is the first time we're meeting Ben. He hasn't existed up until now. Um, but obviously Ben has been a character this whole time in Rational Creatures. But this is the first time we're really seeing Anna... Anna and Ben. I keep wanting to say Anna instead of Anna, so I'm sorry about that. But Anna um, and Ben are having a nice little friendship moment here. It's very sweet. And I think it's a nice way to update that conversation where they can talk about music instead of poetry because, I mean, there still are people who talk about poetry, I am sure, but it's not as mainstream a thing that people chat about all the time as it used to be. Then we get to a very, very awkward moment where Lewis teases them about, oh, I see you found your soulmate. And Anna kind of rolls her eyes and says, yeah, we're going to make beautiful music together. Um, and this is where, again, it's great to watch this with the captions on because they're like, yep, nope, not an awkward moment at all. Um, they like to do those sorts of things, make little commentary in the in the captions. So it's great. So they have a nice awkward pause there where nobody really knows what to say. And then Ben says he's going to bed. Then we've got another thing in the captions where it says silent, painful yearning where Anna and Fred are looking at each other. Um, and then Fred goes back to talking to Lewis and he's talking about what they could do the next morning, saying that like they could, you know, go kayaking in the morning and then do some hikes after lunch, blah, blah, blah. And then Lewis's phone vibrates like he's getting a message or something and he's all excited that, oh, maybe I've got service. I can get my assignment sent in. But he's got an email from his advisor. Um, and he's just got, saying that his advisor needs to see him and he starts hyperventilating. And he's saying it's because of his grades and then he starts freaking out that he's going to lose his scholarship and he's going to get kicked out of school and Fred's just like, oh, you know, I'm sure you can do some extra credit. And he's like, that's not how it works. And he starts sobbing. And I think they do a really good good thing here where they're like showing him have a panic attack. 
And they're doing like ringing in the ears and muffling the sound and really sort of trying to give you Lewis's experience. And I think they did a good job with that. Um, and we see Fred really not have a clue what to do. And Anna being the one to come over and start really working with Lewis through his panic attack. And she sends Fred off to get some water. And he is pulling out his cell phone to like look up panic attacks. Um, and realizes he doesn't have any service on his phone either. And so he can't look up what to do. So. Dang not having service. But Anna is very competent. And going through. Like helping Lewis through a panic attack. In a way that I think is sort of. Standard practice. Or considered good practice. Where she's you know. Just talking to him and asking him to name. Three things he sees. And three things he hears. Um, and then giving him some water when Fred brings it back. And she's just very calm and competent going through this. And so this is obviously the updated version of the scene where Louisa falls and hits her head on the cob in the novel. Um, so in this case, instead, Lewis has a panic attack. And so this is a scene I was curious about from the time I started watching this series of how are they going to do this scene? What are they going to do about it? Like, I was wondering, is Lewis literally going to fall into his head somewhere and he's going to end up in the hospital or something? Which, I mean, they, theoretically, they, I suppose they could have done. He could have, like, fallen down a ravine in the hike and had to get medevaced out or something. Um, there's a way that they could have done that. But I like that they did it this way instead, where we've got Lewis having a panic attack as the sort of serious thing that happens. And it gives us a lot of the same beats in that... Fred doesn't really know what to do. Anna's the one who's like telling people what to do and being competent and taking care of the situation. And still having Louis slash Louisa having, you know, something happen to them. And so I think it really works well as, as the big event the difference is that in the novel, Louisa is now gone, right? We don't really ever see her again. We hear, we talk about her a little bit, but we never see her. There's this big change in personality after the event, and she's just gone from the story from Anne's life, really. And instead here, we're going to obviously get to keep seeing Louis and Ben, which is important. I wouldn't want them to disappear, um, in this story, it's not quite as focused on Anna's story as the original novel is focused on Anne's story, where all Lewis and Benick and all these people are side, very much side characters. This version of the story makes everybody feel much more like a group cast than the original novel does, in my opinion, which I think is a cool way. I think it's a good ver way to do the story, especially in this context. Um, because I think it does make it more interesting um, in that, you know, I think at this point Persuasion is probably my least favorite or maybe tied with Mansfield Park as least favorite um, of Jane Austen's novels. I don't know. It might, I don't know whether I like it better than Mansfield Park or not. But those are my two bottom ones right now. And I know that might be controversial because <laughs> I know people love Persuasion and I just don't. I don't know what to tell you about that uh, except again except i've only read it once so maybe i i do think i tend to like these things better on a reread so i might enjoy it a lot more on a reread and i'm sure i will reread it eventually so that might help but at the moment on 
just doing a first read, I didn't love it. I didn't love the story. I thought that there were holes. I thought that there, it didn't feel finished to me. And it felt a little light on the whole plot and what was going on. And the reason I bring that up here is that I do think that this version of the story where we're bringing these secondary characters into sort of a full group cast situation helps to fill it out a little bit for me. Helps to make it feel more fully realized like there's more actual story happening in a real way than the original novel kind of has at times. So I really like that they're doing that. Um, in any case, this particular scene is about Lewis having this panic attack. And just like in the original novel, Anna is the one who is taking control and knowing what to do in this situation and making things better. And it's great. Then Ben comes back and he's kind of looking at Fred like, what are you doing standing back there, like not being part of this at all? And he comes to sit next to Lewis on the couch and he's right away very empathetic and like what happened and you know rubbing his back and then Lewis says he's gonna go to bed and everybody just kind of sits there awkwardly and Fred doesn't do anything and Ben is giving him these looks like what is wrong with you and he's like I'm gonna go check on him very pointedly like Fred what's wrong with you you're his boyfriend um, and Fred is still just kind of looking shocked and not sure what to do with himself and that's sort of the end of that little scene. Then we switch to upstairs. So I just want to talk about this again. What this scene really also does here is show, again, how badly Lewis and Fred go together. Where Fred was completely lost through this whole thing, didn't know what to do, has not been empathetic to Lewis this entire trip about anything, about his fears for school, about what was going on with his phone, about anything that is important to Lewis. Fred doesn't seem to care. And Fred also, you know, is talking about what they're going to do the next day right before this panic attack happened and is talking about let's go kayaking and hiking and all this stuff that if Fred has paying, was paying any attention to Lewis at all would know that that's not something Lewis wants to do. You know, I mean, Lewis is sort of playing along and pretending he's somebody he's not. So maybe that's not completely Fred's fault, but everyone else can see it. I don't know. It's a very unhealthy relationship. It's not good. I'm glad they're going to hopefully break up soon. Um, Cause they're just, uh, it's just so uncomfortable to watch how bad they are together. And this whole thing where Fred doesn't know how to comfort him at all and just seems awkward in his presence and doesn't know what to do with his own body. It's just so bad. And I hate it so much. And we're seeing that then contrast to Ben comes in for like 30 seconds and he knows what to do and how to help him. And then we see more of that with this scene where they're upstairs. So we're now upstairs and Lewis is sort of crying on the bed when Ben comes in to check on him and gives him a hug and right, right away is like touching him and very sweet with him. And they already look like a much better couple than Fred and Lewis ever have. <laughs> And Lewis is just freaking out, like, I'm not keeping up with my stuff, and I got distracted, and we were supposed to go to the concert, and all this stuff. And Ben is just saying that none of that matters. But it's somehow, in a way, with the hugging and with the way he's working on it, it feels so much better and 
they just look so cute together and I want the I'm shipping them and I don't like watching Lewis with Fred. <laughs> um but they have this moment where they almost kiss and it's great. And then Lewis asks if Ben will stay with him and so they lay down on the bed together. Again, super cute. So much repressed sexual tension here. It is almost too much. And in the in the uh, captions, it says here, pining. So again, you have to watch the series with the captions on because it's great. <laughs> they're, they're not taking themselves too seriously. And they really show you what emotion they are supposed to be feeling. It's fabulous. Then we get back to the butthead Fred. And Anna, Anna has made tea or something. It's a hot beverage. I'm assuming it's tea. I think there's a tea bag coming out the side. So yeah, yes, I see Anna with a tea bag. So it is tea that she has made for them both. And again, Fred is just kind of awkwardly existing and Anna is the one who has to deal with it and make them both tea and bring it out. So Fred is not helpful. And Fred then asks her, like, how did you know what to do? And Anna is showing her empathy i guess that's the word of the word of this episode i keep saying it over and over again i have to somebody do a word count tell me how many times i say the word empathy in this episode because it feels like a lot and you can use variations so empathetic and all that counts um and so he's asking anna how she knew what to do and she just says i did what somebody what i would want somebody to do for me which i think is a little too simple of an answer honestly it was too what anna was doing was too textbook she has to have like read it somewhere or seen it somewhere that that's like what you're supposed to do when somebody has a panic attack. I don't believe her that that was completely just inherent knowledge that she just knew that that's what you should do. Especially like three things that you see, three things that you hear. Like, no, she didn't just come up with that. She has heard that around somewhere. So, you know, kind of F off Anna. You knew that you knew something around those lines. You knew that from somewhere. Um, but they didn't want to get into that explanation here, I suppose. But then why even bring it up at all? I don't know. It's kind of silly. I just don't I just don't believe Anna that she just magically came up with that idea. I think she has been through some sort of training or seen it on TV or heard somebody talking about it. Whatever. Anyway. That's her answer. They're still awkward together. And then Fred is now having an existential crisis where he's like, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have brought him into my mess. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. And Anna is sort of like, well, at least you did something. You have something to show for the last eight years, like versus me, who has been, you know, just working for my father, doing nothing. I mean, she went to college and stuff, but so if it's been eight years, she probably went to college for four years and then she's been working for her dad for four years and she feels like she's got nothing to show for it. Which again, I'm like, Anna, come on, you have a degree, so that's not nothing to show for what you did in the last eight years. You went to college, and then you've been working. Like, those are both things. So we can, like, maybe discount working for her father if she's going to say that that has been pointless or something, but not the degree itself. I don't think you can say that that is worthless and was pointless. I don't know. I just feel like it's a little too self-deprecating, in my personal opinion. But Anna and Fred are finally talking a little bit. And this is now kind of comparable to the scene, to this idea from the novel where Fred is sort of blaming himself that he 
that he caused Louisa's accident by not catching her and by, you know, encouraging her impetuousness and all of that. And here it's that he feels like it's his fault because he has drug Lewis into his mess, as he's calling it. Again, I don't know that that really works for me. Because it's not that he drug Lewis into the mess. Like, if I'm, we're talking about Fred feeling responsible, Frederick feeling in the novel responsible for Louisa falling. It's because he didn't physically catch her and because he was encouraging her in being reckless before it happened. So those are kind of direct connections. Here, we're talking about the panic attack being the thing that instead of Louisa falling, it's Louis having a panic attack. And Fred feels responsible for just kind of vaguely pulling him into his mess. And it, it just doesn't feel specific enough to me. Like, if we're actually going to do this, then I think you have to be a little more specific of, like, I should have been more, I'm going to use the word again, empathetic, um, or should have been more caring of his feelings, should have been more um, helpful with his studies or more sensitive to the fact that school was important to him. And this is just popping into my mind, but it's very, in this version, a very similar thing of Fred not caring or finding the fact that Anna wants to go to school important and being almost offended that that's what she decided to do. And here again, we see he's dating someone in college and Lewis is, and is not supportive of that college life just because he didn't do it and didn't find it important fred didn't want to go to college it seems like he's got this personality where he's not finding college important for other people which is not a great thing not a great sign that in both cases i mean i think they broke up before anna went to college so he never got a chance to like date her while she was in college really but he was mad at her for deciding to do that and in this case, he's dating someone who's in college and is not supportive of it, not encouraging Lewis to go to class, not, incur not you know, making sure that Lewis actually has the time and space needed to take care of his studies. And I'm not saying that it's Fred's job to make sure Lewis, like, does his homework and, like, in a parental sort of way of, like, make sure you do your stuff. But it was very clear that he didn't seem to care and you know, was letting Lewis, like, sort of skip class and not worry about it and not do things. And I feel like knowing how important class was to Lewis, it was a little short sight of, of Fred to not care about those things. And so I just feel like it would have been a more, a better sort of self-awareness self moment for Fred to instead of just, I've shouldn't have brought him into my mess like my mess of a life that's not the problem here more self-awareness would have been fred thinking that like saying something along the lines of not being supportive of lewis and that's why lewis got to such a point that he had a panic attack i don't know i just think that that would have worked better for me still a good scene it still works i'm just being nitpicky here of i feel like it was a little just too vague and broad for him to just say my whole life's a mess I'm like we don't really I don't know that you really have the support for that because he's a successful author he's writing a second novel or not novel but um, memoir or whatever and it's not going well but I don't think that's enough to say my entire life is a mess right now uh, yeah I don't know 
It just feels weird to me. It feels a little off. But it is a moment for Fred and Anna to have this conversation. First time they've really been talking to each other. Which is nice. And they quickly move on to their relationship where Fred says, I know I haven't been very warm towards you. And Anna says she didn't expect him to be. And he says that they don't, that they shouldn't, you know, ignore each other anymore. And Anna says, you know, it's fine. I'm probably not even going to be staying with Marisol much longer because she's going to go back and work with her dad, work in her dad's office and put her business degree to use. And then Charlie and Marisol come in from having watched the stars and that ends the scene and that ends the episode. So... I feel like this is a much meatier episode than what we had, obviously, last time. And we've had the last couple, really. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on here. So what we got out of this episode is them going on the trip, which is the trip to Lyme in the novel. And here it's the trip to the cabin in the woods. And we got the bonding moment with Benick and Anne, or Ben and Anna, Anna. And then we got seeing Fred and Lewis's relationship again be horrible. And we have the panic attack in place of Louisa falling and hitting her head. And we see Ben being the one to take care of him. Well, Anna first and then Ben being the one to take care of Louis. Versus in the novel where we've got Anna being the one to take over. Carrying it first and then. You know, in the weeks that follow in her long recovery, Benick is the one who's spending time with her and helping her through it and not Frederick. So that's where that goes, where it's very, in the novel, Frederick is not the one to help Louisa recover. And here again, Fred is not the one helping Louis recover. It is Ben. Sorry, I'm starting to go over all the names. Like, who is who and what's, what name is what? I know they're all close, but like, okay. Lewis and Louisa. Slightly different. Anyway. Um, so we're seeing that same thing where Ben is the one taking care of Lewis, not Fred. Even though they're technically dating and all of that. So again, they look so cute together and I am very much shipping Lewis and Ben the most right now. I don't know if that's the best thing for the series. Because I think we're supposed to, you know, all right, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to be pining for Anna and Fred to get together. But right now, I think Fred's a jerk. I'm not into him. <laughs> I don't care if Anna gets back together with him or not. Um, I'm sure, nah, that's not 100% true. He'll get better. But in this particular moment, I'm not loving him. But I think that that actually is part of what's happening in the novel, too, where... Frederick Wentworth is acting like a jerk in the book, too. So, I mean, they're doing a good job of getting the reference and hitting all the big points of the story. So I enjoy that. And this is a really good episode. It got it moving. It's moving the plot forward in a way that some of the last couple I don't think were. And, you know, it's really highlighting for me the Ben and Lewis relationship that I am really shipping here in a way that I don't think you ever ship in the actual novel, 
because we never see Louisa and Benick actually interact on page. We only just hear about it later and they had nothing to do with each other before Louisa's accident. So it's a whole, di it's a very different thing in the novel versus here in the story where we've met, we've met Ben from the very beginning. We've seen Ben and Louis's relationship from the beginning. Um, and Yes, they had the most, I think, romantic and sweet moment here in this episode that we've seen so far. But we've known that Ben has been pining over Lewis from the from jump, from before Lewis even met Fred. So that's not new information. And we've had a time for kind of a slow buildup of all of this, which will be coming into fruition in the next few episodes. Should be coming soon, which is very exciting. I'm excited about it anyway. So there we are. Um, I think we'll have some more hopefully interesting things to come. And I'm very much looking forward to Ben and Lewis's relationship at this moment, honestly, more than Anna and Fred, because <laughs> I like Anna, but she's kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to describe how I'm feeling about Anna. I just find her very milk toast almost like she's so doing what she thinks is right and while she's calm and commanding and doing really great during the panic attack the rest of the time she just seems so i don't know nothing almost and fred is just being a jerk to lewis and uh, i don't know i know that they're pining after each other and i'm supposed to care but at the moment I don't. At the moment, I'm much more interested in Ben and Lewis. So I'm sorry, but there it is. That's where I'm at right now. Well, let me know what you guys think. If anybody has any comments or thoughts on that or why it is that I might feel more connected to Lewis and Ben than I am to Anna and Fred, who are supposed to be the main couple of this story. And I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing as far as this adaptation goes. I think I like this adaptation more than the original story in some ways because of this edition and because of this caring about this group of characters, like I said. But is that a... It's not really true to the original story in that sense. But I don't think I care. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I'm not sure. How, whether that's a really good thing to know or to notice, I suppose. If, if I like, if I'm more invested in Ben and Lewis than in Anna and Fred. And I think that'll change by the end, but right now that's where I'm at. And I think that they are very cute. And I think Mar Marisol and Charlie are also super duper cute. And don't care about Anna and Fred. <laughs> so. We'll see how that goes as the story continues to unfold. But that's where I'm at right now. Again, Rational Creatures on YouTube. Free to watch. Highly recommend. It's a great series. Everybody go watch it. And I'll see you next time at over halfway done at episode 10 of Rational Creatures. Bye!